Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. And we are hoping that by the time this comes out, we can safely say happy summer, everybody. That's my hope. What do you think, Amanda? Everyone, everyone should be on summer. Unless you're on the other hemisphere. Yes. You should hopefully be taking a break too between semesters at least, right? Like I think, I don't know where that break usually falls. We're not entirely sure how it works everywhere, but we know that at least here in North America, we should all be by the time this comes out on summer break. So we want to say happy break, or if it's like just barely on the horizon, happy almost break. I have been enjoying my summer as best as I can. And we are happy to talk today about how we do that. Right? Right. Well, and how we take breaks, whether it's your summer break or other breaks. I mean, this episode is going to be focused on summer, but we want to make sure that there is space in our podcast lineup of episodes dedicated to rest, rejuvenation, and how to do that. And specifically, like how other teachers do that. We decided to make this episode a collab episode. So we sent out the bat signal and we said, let's hear how other people make sure that their break time is break time or, you know, really just kind of how they treat it. So I'm really excited to hear um, what everyone else has to say too. 
I am too. Because we asked our listeners and just like friends of the podcast, like Amanda said, to just kind of throw us some ideas and share what they do. But we gave them a bunch of different options too. Like, here are some ideas. And one of the options was like, what are some mistakes that you've made? And that's, I'm always happy to share my mistakes. So that's something that I'm going to share today. And it is a mistake that I have been so conscious about not remaking again this summer. (laughs) And I bet you it's a pretty common one because I can't imagine that it's not. But Amanda and I are also going to just share some of the things like Amanda, you know, she's all about routines in her classroom. She's also about routines in her real life. Not that your classroom's your fake life. The way that I said that was really weird. (laughs) They're separate lives. They are. They are in their own little boxes. And sometimes there's like a little hamster tunnel between the boxes, right? Yes. Am I getting too deep into the metaphor? It's getting a little no, weird. No, I think you're there. I, I'm, I'm following you. And, and and this is the thing, you know, teacher summer break is once again, something that nobody really understands. We can, we can get over the fact that we are, we're going to punch the living lights out of the next person who says must be nice to have a summer break. Um, and that's because this episode is exactly it. Teacher summer break is full of regret it's full of joy. It's full of recovery, recovery, <laughs> yeah. it's full of, uh, anxiety, right? It's, it's always kind of battling that. Okay. How much do I rest before I need to get started? I have all this time. How do I use it? How do I rest when I'm thinking about this? How do I do this when I'm right. worried about this? I mean, it's not. And also easy. when we're not getting paid, I mean, yeah, you might be able to stretch your paycheck over the 12 months, but the fact of the matter is we get paid 10 months of the year because we do 10 months of work. And then we live two more months. See, so, we've always gotten paid the whole year. I don't know what's going on in California, but you've always gotten paid the whole year, but you're getting paid for 10 months of work. That's this is true. Yes. Your 10 months of pay are getting stretched over 12. I mean, mine basically in some states, including mine, you enter with a 10 month pay anyways. I mean, it's like a you know what I'm saying. I get paid 10 months of the year. Um, and then you can opt in to it being 11 months. And then you can opt in again to it being 12 months. But there's this whole weird like escrow thing, at least in like my district, where like I would have to, it like has to go into an account. And I've never been able to do that. So I just save for the 12th month. That's what we do. It's bizarre. Oh, and it took terrible. some serious practice and doing to be able to not be eating like ramen and saltines until august 31st oh my gosh that end of end end of the summer like beginning of the school year right when i was back at school i was like oh my god i need to get paid it's better now because it just took some time to like figure out the systems but it's uh it's not like summer break is just the way that i think a lot of people envision it to be for some people i guess it is which i'm just like cool how do you do that maybe some of our friends who are contributing will be able to Tell us that. <laughs> like, I was say, and all that is to say, that's exactly why this episode exists, because you're going to hear mistakes that Marie's made, rituals that I count on, and then a whole lot of other things from other people about the way that they approach their summer, the things they've done before versus the things that they do now. And hopefully this just kind of serves as something that's like food for thought on a little road trip or keeping you company on some kind of like healthy endeavor at the gym. I don't know. What or you're while doing. you're doing the dishes, I get a lot of good mm-hmm. podcast listening done while I'm doing the dishes. And what do you know? We get an empty sink out of it. It's really a beautiful thing. Wow. Well, why yeah. don't you start with your mistake? I'm dying to hear your Well, mistake. no, you know what we need to do first? Cue the music. Music. 
You're listening to Brave New Teaching, and we are so much more than a podcast. We give teachers the inspiration, support, and tools to challenge the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a former English teacher from Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm a teacher from Southern California. Join us at bravenewteaching.com to find out more about our courses, festivals, and get every episode's show notes. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. get started with a little story time. Actually, I don't really have like a story to share, but I do want to tell you about some mistakes that I've made going into any break, but specifically summer. I have pretty much like end to end eight weeks from graduation to first day of school, eight weeks of summer. And the biggest mistake that I make is there's actually two ends to the spectrum of the mistake spectrum. I either come in way too hot with too many things that I want to get done or and like and too many plans. And I try to like think to myself, oh, I'll do this in the morning time. And then in the afternoon, we'll have an outing and then we'll have a play date. Like I try to fill it. Do you do that? Oh, yeah. You like overcommit. You way overcommit. I overcommit myself. I overcommit my house. Like I overcommit what I think I'm going to be able to get done in my house. I overcommit my children who are also on a break. I mean, there's, there's a reason, you know, that the kids get breaks too. Like I overcommit, 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 and then end up feeling super frazzled, feel like I'm not good at anything or I'm mediocre at best at all of the things that I'm trying to do. And then about two weeks in, I can't keep up with myself and I just start canceling everything. (laughs) I feel like that's kind of where I already am. Do tell. That we're all friends here at the Brave New Teaching Podcast, Amanda. Please share. I mean, this is the frenzy that you're hearing from me today. I mean, Marie's been on the phone with me for like an hour, <laughs> and I've been like, you know, panic stricken for no good reason. I mean, just all, all kinds of just things. No matter how clean and organized your summer is, I feel like I forget that everyone else in the world, for, well, in our little section of the world, is also on break with changing agendas, right. vacations popping up in and that, you know, so everyone else is kind of on, off schedule too. So even when I'm off that other people throw me off and I'm like, wait a second, I had a system. And it's like, well, no, not really. Well, it's kind of, you and I have talked about this before. I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast, but um, for those of you who are newer around here, Amanda's kids are a few years younger than my kids. So my kids are just about to be six and nine and her kids are quite three and four. Yeah, yeah, quite a bit younger. They're 3 and 4. And so we always talk about how you like get into routines and you're like, "Yes, they're sleeping and everything's yeah. going to be great." And that lasts for about 3 or 4 weeks. And then somebody has a cognitive leap or some so other sort of a growth spurt and everything changes. So you can't settle in and that's a yeah, it's a lesson that we all learn the hard way, right? Like you can't settle in too well to that sleep routine with that baby because all it takes is one molar. That one molar and everything's out the window <laughs> and you just have to like keep flexing. So like I've learned at least as far as my kids go to just enjoy when we get into a rhythm and be ready for when it changes. And I have to apply that same thought process to a break, especially an extended break like summer. Like I have to. And so that mistake that I've made of like, go, go, go. And trying to mirror what we have during the school year, because like everybody thrives on routine. Yes, absolutely. But there is a reason that rest and break are part, should be a bigger part, but are part of life, right? Like you have to push pause on all of it. So then the other end of that spectrum is the other thing that I've done, which is just 
whatever. We'll see how the day comes. Amanda was just calling me a California hippie a moment ago when I was, I don't know what the hell I was saying, but I was saying something that was apparently pretty California hippie, mm-hmm. which if you really know me and she knows, that's could not be further from the truth. <laughs> I digress. But today you are much more relaxed than I am somehow. Today I'm much more relaxed than I have been also because it's this day is the Monday of my second full week of summer and I think I'm actually kind of doing it right for myself in that I'm blocking out my days. I don't have it where it's absolutely nothing loosey-goosey. I don't have it where it's totally rigid schedule and like I'm going to freak out if the house isn't clean by 9 a.m. or whatever. I've just kind of got, hey, here are some things I'd like to get done. This is about when it needs to get done. And if it's not done by that time, guess what? I need to change gears anyways because the kids need to eat. And like, like it's and that's it. And and it's okay. It is what it is. I have definitely lessened my list of like aspirations are quite lower and it's making me feel calm. And I do have to remind myself, in fact, all morning when you and I were on the phone and I was just kind of rearranging the little office that I'm sitting in, like... I should be sitting down and paying bills and da da da. And I went, you know what? That's going to take me 15 minutes. And that's 15 minutes that I can find later. Right now I'm talking to my friend and it's okay. Like that constant reminder that like, it's all right. Don't have to fill it all. And can't let it go totally loosey goosey because then everything falls apart. And then I feel worse. (sighs) And I have found myself now, this is my second summer and I am not currently in the classroom. And so I'm making this adjustment uh, mentally, emotionally, above and beyond. Like I don't actually have a summer break anymore. I yeah. work every day and I need, um, I don't need every minute of every day, but while June is when everyone's kind of slowing down, it's exactly when my busy season season starts to ramp up everything for back to school. I need to have done before the 4th of July. Because, uh, well, because your audience is me, right? Who is going to oh. be like, whoa, what's going on? And you need to have it done and, and set and I, ready yes. to put into, you know, my proverbial hands before. I need to be a month and a half ahead of you. Before yes. I know I need it. Yeah. And, and the interwebs, if you know anything about like how the internet works, listeners, it takes a while for things to stick, you know, once you're kind of putting things out there. And so... I'm watching everyone else do a great job relaxing and calming down and telling myself you should be relaxing. And I'm like, well, actually my time to put my feet up will actually be August. Uh, I I will have the reverse. Like once it's all out there is kind of when things slow down for me, like August, September is still kind of crazy with back to school, but everything's already done for the most part. So I, I have to also give myself a break and be like, my break is not the same as everybody else's anymore. Cause this is, at least this current moment of life is a little bit wonky donkey, as they say. Uh, you're basically so. living like the French. Like you're just going to take a month in August. My, I guess they, they normally do July, better. but yeah. Well, I need to be better in general about like discerning that kind of stuff for myself now. I don't have it baked into my schedule like I have for my entire adult life. So I'm still adjusting to that whole world. And I've had a couple of job offers lately. So I'm also yeah. kind of going through that cycle again of in, out. Is this the right place? Is this the right direction? What about this direction? So I'm kind of having just a cluster of things going on, but I know that's not what we're here for. I will just share. Well, no, but at the same time, like back to what we were talking about before, it's all going to change when Hugo goes to kindergarten. You're going to be on a real school schedule again. Like it it, it just, her kids 
again, for those of you who don't know, are still in preschool. But next year, it all changes again. And you're going to have the school calendar. And that's going to dictate more of your life because they're going to be around. and, And so that's where like, you'll find something that works right now. It'll work for you while it works. And then when it has to adjust, it has to adjust. Again, I know you know this. I know I know this. It doesn't mean we don't have to tell ourselves this eight bagillion times. Bagillion? Bajillion. Bagillion. That was weird. That was weird. So, okay. So, Maria, if the lesson you learned was the overcommitting, undercommitting, like finding that summer balance. I would say that my ritual actually speaks to that. Um, and this is a ritual from my days, my years in the classroom, my ritual. And I think I talked about this on an episode a while ago, but you probably don't remember this is that after many years of, especially when I was single, I working every single day, all summer long, Mm -hmm. which I'm going to be totally transparent, was very enjoyable for a while. I loved it. It tickles those parts of your brain that are being creative, that are doing the things that you went to school for. I mean, there's a reason that we're doing what we're doing. Like, we like it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I loved taking a PD book to the pool. And I love writing things because I had no deadline. And, you know, so I did that. And and it's all grew me to the person that I am. But, right, life has changed. Things are things. And so one of the things that helped me learn this and still feel good about it as I would pick two projects over the summer. I oh, yes. You've talked about this right? before. Okay. Yes, so this the is two good. projects rule, if this helps anybody else who's out there, I just want to share it because it's really great. So I choose two projects. I choose one curriculum project and I have the flexibility to define that project however I want, whether it's rehabbing a unit, whether it's cleaning up my final exams or a rubric or something, like whatever it might be. I chose one curriculum project to do and that's it. Like closed door, just one. The one that's going to make me feel the most confident in the year coming forward and save me the most time like once I get into it. And then the second thing I would choose would be a classroom project. So whether that was revamping some decor or recreating a routine ritual, something set up in the room for that. Like that also helped me curb my spending because I would get very uh, back to school sale happy for sure. And I would be like, Oh, this is cool. I'll buy this and I'll, I'll have an idea for it later. And I did a lot of that, uh, especially when I was younger. And so the classroom project really helped me to just zero in on when I see something for sale or when I do go back to school shopping, I'm really focusing on the project. So like one year I did, like I did a whole overhaul of my classroom library. I actually reduced it. I moved the physical library from shelves, like into boxes. I put books away and created a rolling cart of. I remember this. I remember when you did this. Yeah. It was so cleansing because for me, I'm, I'm just not the kind of person that can keep a tidy set of bookshelves. It's just not my thing, which I feel is like blasphemous to say in the English teacher community, but I'm not organized like that. Like looking at a messy bookshelf all the time stressed me out. And so I cataloged it all digitally. And then I rotated the featured books through like first page for first after Friday and, and through my like little three tiered rolling cart. And it was like really fun to have a little display that was very intentional. It's like, that was one summer project that was so awesome. And it lasted me years and years and years and years. So that's my ritual is to choose two things and that's it. That's really simple. And I, it, made life wonderful. 
And I mean, one of the things that used to hit me when I was younger is I would do a full stop. Like I, I would do, there have been years where I did a full stop and I actually went and worked summer camp. So like I had to do a full stop on teaching stuff because yeah. I would get to summer camp at 630 in the morning and I wouldn't leave until four in the afternoon. And then I would hang out with friends from camp because I was in my twenties and then wake up the next morning and do it all over again. Right? Like that was it. Um, in the, the like, wall that smacked me in the face when I got back to school was like, oh, this is a rude awakening, like restart. So what you're describing though, is that again, perfect. It's not over committing and doing all the things and it's not doing absolutely nothing, which I mean, I didn't have a choice, but like you, you get the, like everybody every, gets the example here, different. right? It, 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 it like eases it you through where you're still kind of in the mindset, but like not, Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And it just kind of like bridges the gap there very nicely. If, if Maria and I have said this to you a thousand times, hear it again. Just remember that everything you go through in teaching and your regular life and these summers, they're all seasons and they're yep. all going to change. And so whatever season of life you're in right now, hearing this, take what helps, ditch what doesn't. Right. And maybe somebody else in this episode is going to have an insightful piece for you. Um, but don't feel the pressure to make your summer somebody else's philosophy. Yeah. Uh, make it yours and make up your own rules, make up your own boundaries and stick to them, figure them out. And then don't expect that the next summer, the <laughs> same thing is going to work out because it's probably not, you know? No, and, and totally. Don't expect that by this Thanksgiving or winter break, it's going to feel the same, right? Like it's all different because the seasons change and so does your life and so do you. And yeah, in fact, Amanda leads us brilliantly into the main feature of today's episode, which is we asked for call-ins. We asked our friends. We asked our listeners. We asked for teachers out there to share what uh, summer looks like for them, what works, maybe what hasn't worked, what their rituals are, what their favorite parts of summer are, and like how they rest and recharge, but also how they stay in the game. And so like Amanda said, there are going to be a bunch of different ideas. Some of them you might be like me going, oh, that sounds really fun. I wish I could do that. But that's not a reality for me right now, right? <laughs> or some of them might be like, you know what? I, I could do that. Yep, I got time. And then you're going to, you know, book yourself a plane ticket or something like that. And we encourage all the things. So we do want to say, we will be back with you at the very end here to say like, you know, goodbye and give you some parting remarks. But we do want to say, press pause if there's anywhere you need to pause. If you need to get a hold of anybody, if you've got some questions, we will have their handles in the show notes if you head over to bravenewteaching.com. And uh, we hope that you enjoy. And we want to say a big thank you to all of our friends who helped us with this episode. All right, everybody, enjoy. Hi there. I'm Dr. Yadi Walantis. I run the blog at yadisroom.com and can be found on all social media by searching at Yadi's Room. When it comes to summer, I like to prep by inventorying trending young adult books and reading them. I pride myself on being able to recommend books to my students throughout the year, so I try to tackle the TBR pile that's stacked up during the school year. I have a great list of young adult books centering Latino characters that you should definitely check out. In addition, I like to look through my lessons to see what needed some additional work. For example, this year, I've really noticed my ninth graders struggling a lot with writing endurance and composing full paragraphs. Looking to next school year, I'm going to work in more opportunities for low-stress free writes as warm-ups. 
and how to break down author and student pieces as mentor text so that students can get some hands-on work with editing and grammar practice. And then perhaps the most important thing I incorporate during summer is plenty of rest. I look to my self-care routine and try to reestablish any healthy habits that may have been neglected during the school year. For example, I'm trying to get back into running for both my peace of mind and for my peace of mind during the school year. I hope you have an amazing summer teachers, whether it's resting or looking to your curriculum so you can be the best teacher you can be next year. Hi, I'm Olivia from Distinguished English. And as much as I enjoy teaching, I am so relieved to be on summer break right now. Every summer, I take a road trip with my husband and our two sons. And while traveling isn't exactly relaxing with a three-year-old and nine-year-old, it's always so good to get away for a bit. This year, we're heading up to Maryland for a little while. Last year, we went to Ohio and Michigan. Our vacations aren't exactly exotic, but we always visit with friends and family that we don't get to see during the craziness of the school year. And that just feels really healing to me after an intense school year. I refuse to step foot in my classroom this summer. Even though I did leave my laminator there, and I kind of want it, and it's only a mile from my house, but I just can't do it. On the other hand, I do like to read maybe one or two really good PD books each summer. So far, my favorites are The Book Whisperer by Donalyn Miller and Notice and Note by Kyleen Beers and Robert E. Probst. I really liked The Wild Card by Wade and Hope King, too, and I should probably actually read through that one again as a motivator. I will say that I'm a little more school-minded this summer than most summers because last year I taught 7th and 8th grade reading but next year I'm teaching 7th grade reading and writing. So I've been dreaming up all kinds of ideas for the new year. I have an Amazon list a mile long of everything I would buy for my classroom in a perfect fall, and I've been thinking up some fun games I want to play with my students when we get back to school. You can actually download my list of 144 teaching ideas for every 7th grade ELA standard for free. Just head to distinguishedenglishteacher.com and click on the freebies tab. I hope your summer is relaxing and rejuvenating and exactly what you need. This summer break is a little different for this teacher because my family and I are packing up our entire house in Lawrence, Kansas and moving to Seattle, Washington. I would recommend 10 out of 10 because we're ready for an adventure, although it's a lot of work. Now, normally on summer break, I'm kind of one of those people that gets anxious when summer starts. It's really hard for me to go from 100 miles per hour to literally zero miles per hour. And so I always have this weird week of adjustment where I'm like kind of depressed and I'm kind of anxious and I just don't know how to readjust to this new setting. So if you feel that way, you are totally not alone. I am also one of those teachers, though, that does a lot of reading of PD books over the summer. I always want to dive deep into something during the school year, and I just don't have time for it because there's grading and planning for like what I'm going to do literally the next day. 
So in the summer, I always try to read at least one PD book and I come up with some like killer lesson plans or some really fun activity ideas and I write them down on random scrap pieces of paper. And then when school starts, I find these random scrap pieces of paper and I go, oh my gosh, Krista, you are a genius. I also have no memory of writing down these great ideas, which is why I have to write down everything. So my hot take from the summer is number one, if you have a hard time adjusting from teaching life to summer life, I totally feel you. You are not alone. And number two, if you do have time and if you feel like it, read a PD book that you're interested in because your future self is going to thank you. Even better, if you can get together with a group of other teachers who you all want to read the same book, and then maybe you can sit by the pool and have a tasty drink and talk about teaching stuff, you might as well do it poolside, right? So those are my hot tips for you this summer. Whatever you choose to do, whether it's packing up an 1,800 square foot house and moving to 860 square feet halfway across the country, or just relaxing in your very own home, I hope you have the most amazing and well-deserved summer break ever. Good morning, and thank you for having me. Um, My name is Christina Gendler. I teach 11th grade English in Brooklyn. Summer break is a chance for me to turn my brain off. I find that a lot of times I can never do that during the year. I used to always work in the summer. I worked as a coach um, to help other teachers prepare their students for state exams that we have here in New York called the English Regent. However, I have a baby now. Um, She's one year old and it's my first year having off with her since I was on maternity leave. And I'm just really looking forward to spending quality time with her that I don't get to spend during the year. I also actually teach um, Brooklyn College, um, which is a CUNY school here in New York. And I teach a graduate level class. Um, The class is called Writing Across the Curriculum. So I'm teaching teachers how to incorporate skills for writing in other subject areas such as math, science, and social studies. But that's a summer one class and it ends July 11th and we go back to school in September. So I am really hoping to, you know, go on vacation with my family, spend time with the baby in the morning. Um, I spend time with her every day when I get home from work, but it's, it's just really not the same because I find during the year my brain um, is always thinking about my lesson plans and how it went and what I could do to change, you know, for the next day to help students get something that, you know, maybe they didn't get that day. So some summer break mistakes that I've made in the past is, is working too much. You know, I was always trying to become a better teacher, gain more confidence in the classroom. Um, so I, I worked summer school one year and it was from eight o'clock to two o'clock with no breaks. You know, I had two weeks of free time at the end of the summer, but I found that in September I really wasn't refreshed. So I truly believe that teachers need to, you know, spend a little time actually not thinking about teaching you know, visiting a beach, going on a little vacation, spending time with friends or family. Um, But we definitely need that recharge time um, in order to be 
truly excited to be back into the classroom in September. This year um, in Brooklyn, I know it's it's been different for other states, but in our schools, um, the students were gone for 18 months. So it was the first time having them back. So we face a lot of challenges this year, just getting the students acclimated to the classroom again, acclimated to seeing people, acclimated acclimated to holding a pen and pencil and and writing on paper. So I'm really looking forward to this time this summer to really recharge my brain so that I could be fresh in September. So here in New York, the students have been done with classes since June 14th, but teachers are working until June 28th um, and the students are coming in as needed when they have their state exams or, you know, we call them regents here. So It's a great time that I like to use to reflect on my lessons, look at my Google Classroom in between proctoring different exams and revamp my own lessons. So one new text I am going to be teaching next year is Trevor Noah's Born a Crime. It's a memoir and I'm really excited about reading it and teaching it. I'm going to be incorporating it into my A Dream Deferred unit with my general education English classes, as well as my AP English language class. So um, I'm sitting here with my laptop open, nice and relaxed now that the classes are over and my grades are in. And this is where I find, you know, that my brain really works. It's hard Coming back in September, you know, after your brain's been shut off and trying to get back into it. So I always try to end the school year with really revamping my lessons and perfecting them for September. This way, when I come in, everything's, you know, there and fresh. I'm also looking at different current events and working on incorporating more current events into my everyday lessons. A lot of times I like to show the students CNN 10 And I've incorporated a lot of current events into my Crucible unit. But like I said, this is the the best time for me. Um, While the school year is still fresh in my mind, I get to sit here. I'm very grateful for these two weeks at the end of the school year where I have more downtime. My, My report card grades are in and I can really reflect on what worked and what didn't work. Thank you for having me. Hi there, my name is Samantha and I run the ELA blog, SamanthaInSecondary.com. Over the summer, my first course of action is to figure out what I'm teaching the following year before the school year ends. I know that's really idealistic because schedules and positions constantly change, but I certainly try. I make it a point to narrow down the full class novels I'll be expected to teach. And if I do nothing else all summer, I read and annotate as many of them as I can if I'm not already familiar with them. Then something really fun I like to do is gather all of the YA novels I've been eyeing all year that maybe I haven't been able to get to just yet. I try to pick a few favorites and read them throughout the summer, whether it's at night or poolside or even at the beach. I try to pick ones I'm really excited about so it doesn't necessarily feel like work. Since reading is sort of an occupational hazard when you're an ELA teacher, I always find I feel refreshed after finding a few great novels I know I'll be able to recommend to my students. Some of the YA books I'm eyeing up this summer are Family of Liars by Emily Lockhart, which is the prequel to We Were Liars, Love and Gelato by Jenna Evans-Welch, which is going to be a Netflix movie that comes out in June, The Summer I Turned Pretty by Jenny Han, which is going to be a Netflix series. That's also a series of three books, and I've read the first one so far, but not the next two. 
And I'm probably going to tackle the A Court of Thorns and Roses series by Sarah J. Bass because I really need to see what all the hype is about. Fantasy is not usually my jam, but I'm really intrigued. If you're looking for some fun books to read for yourself or to add to your classroom library, I have a great list of 100 of my favorite YA novels you can download for free. Just head to samanthainsecondary.com books to grab it. Whatever you do this summer, it should definitely be something that restores you and helps you become the best version of yourself, whether that's doing anything for school or doing absolutely nothing school related. Take care of yourself in whatever way is best for you. Happy summer, teachers. All right, friends. So like I said before, we opened up for all of our amazing contributions today. I hope that you have heard something that maybe sparks an idea, maybe even just like solidifies something that you were thinking of doing and you went, you know what? Yes, I'm totally all in. Uh, I can tell you one of my takeaways is I want to incorporate more travel. I know that that is more difficult, right? Amanda just went to Italy with her babies (laughs) this past spring. And so she can even tell us that like there's a lot to that and she's you're a good traveler we are yes yeah and it's still hard right so yeah speaking of seasons of life like we were talking about before but I even just like little road trips here and there Mm -hmm. and even if it's like because I live in San Diego like maybe I don't take the kids to the beach for a couple hours maybe we go for the day and we just have a total break from like Mm. that part of life um but hearing people talk about like I just travel in July and that's it I'm like oh my gosh that sounds amazing (laughs) Someday. I would highly, I would, uh, that is endorsed by me. I endorse that message. Yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to get to more of that sort of stuff, but wherever you are and however you are spending this time, we do hope that whatever you do works for you, that you are finding some ways to kind of like come back to center because what we do in education can be so draining in good ways and in bad ways, right? Like it like just takes a lot and so that's where it's okay. Like when some, like Amanda said, like, we, what did you ask before? Oh, like the must be nice to have summer break. That's oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Go shut your mouth right now. Right. Where you want to have a sassy response. Like I'm finding a place of like, it is. Thank you for asking. Right. <laughs> like, and then I make sure that it really is. So friends, we're going to bid you adieu. Thank you so much for joining us today. We wish you the best in your travels, in your relaxation, and in your work and whatever it is that you are doing. Make sure that you head to the show notes to connect with any of our friends of the podcast who contributed today. And if you have a moment to leave us a rating and review on iTunes, we would ever so appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here on your summer break and still tuning in to us. That's pretty special. We're really glad that you're here. We are. And you know what? We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to Brave New Teaching. We'd love to keep the conversation going over on Instagram. And while you're there, check out the links in our bio for the most up-to-date events going on in the Brave New Teaching community. Thanks for being here and have a great week at school. 